Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast. And today, um, before I go into my part two of my inner child, which there's going to be probably three parts, maybe four, um, I've been doing a series this week um, on my Instagram account and um, even a lesser extent on LinkedIn about the emotionally immature parent, which you could also call a narcissist um, or slash codependent with severe narcissistic tendencies. Um, and what I wanted to do right now to go along with a post, so if you've read a post or something on social media about what I'm about to discuss, you can hear me going into more depth and detail about it. And so today I want to talk about um, the four common types of emotionally immature parents. Um, but let me preface it with this, is that, you know, the question begs to be asked, you know, why are there so many emotionally immature parents? Because there just seem to be everywhere, right? Um, maybe it's just because it's my job and that's what I see all the time, but there is a big movement thanks in much part, by the way, to social media for mental health. And there's no longer shame around the feelings of not being good enough, um, not being fast enough, pretty enough, um, not trusting others, having abandonment issues, all of those things. There's, you know, um, that is the greatest thing about social media, by the way, that it's brought such an awareness to mental health issues and the inner child um, in how these parts develop within ourselves and how the brain and the mind work together to sabotage your life. Um, and there is help. I mean, obviously, there, now you, you know that it's everywhere. And whether you start out with a book, whether you start out listening to podcasts like mine or something, eventually you're going to need to move into more really intensive healing work. <clears throat> That could be in a group setting, a one-on-one -on -one setting, whatever. But know this, that your life depends upon you healing. The quality of your life, the quality of your relationships, every relationship begins with you, depends on the quality of your healing, right? Um, and that's why I'm going through my inner child. If you haven't listened to part one, please do. It's, it's the episode before this, and it talks about my first five years. And that affect those five years alone, were enough to ruin me as far as entering adulthood. You know, remember, within your, yourself, you have three people, the parents, the adult, and the child. Most of us, most of you, are reacting in your relationship, in every single relationship, from the child, from the inner child standpoint. You can't stop. It's impossible to stop. So, um, because you can't fight that child that feels abandoned, that feels angry, that feels sad, that is feeling left out, that is feeling they can't trust you, that is feeling whatever the heck the limiting belief is that creates the automatic negative thought, that creates the emotion that makes you react. And what you have to do is you are not going to be able to, um, you're not going to be able to um, control your um, brain without using your mind. So you have to get control of the mind to get control of the brain because the brain is reactionary to the belief system, to the uh, old brain, to the amygdala, the hippocampus, to the to the vagus nerve, to the parasympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system that creates and causes the central nervous system to react. So you feel you're in danger at all times. So the emotionally immature parents are everywhere based on their own damn upbringing. 
But what's, you know, and we know that, but as I've said a million times, that's an exaggeration, many, many times, fucked up kids can't get help. Fucked up adults can. It's not an excuse. I could have ended up like my father. I could have created a life where I abused my children. I was an alcoholic and I did everything they did because guess what? Generational trauma is real. And it takes one person to stop the generational trauma. I hope that's you. Because as you're bringing in relationship after relationship to your children, it's not good. It's not. I'm just going to be honest with you. How many, so they've gone through a divorce and then, oh, here comes a new girl or new man or new woman. Oh, she's done. Here comes, or he's done. Here comes another new one. Oh, here comes another new one. What do you think that's teaching this child? I can tell you it's not good because I end up having those children. So stop whatever it is now that you're doing with, with, the, with the unsuccessful, unhealthy, toxic relationships and stop and take a look at yourself. Do some self-reflection because self-awareness is the first thing to enable to, enabling, that enables you to say, you know what, it's time. Because you can, I'm, I'm all about, you know what, you were failed. Absolutely, the proof is there. I'm going to even give you more proof right now. But if you do nothing about it, how dare you be angry at your parents? Right? You can't be. Unless you heal, right? You you have a... And let me say this, is that, yes, you have a right to be upset. And every child, you know, um, did... I said it before, I didn't talk to my father for, I don't I say seven, eight years or whatever it was before he died. Maybe it was six. But... And I don't regret that. He couldn't stay within my boundaries. It was just a continuous... Um, poor him. It was always he was the victim. He was always going to be the victim. It was always poor him. I couldn't change it. And I couldn't also have him sabotage my life. And so going back to, yeah, your parents or, or parent would have probably grown up in, um, you know, the home that had um, family histories of, you know, two parents. The dad was um, unemotionally disconnected. The mother was unemotionally disconnected. One, they were verbally abusive, to, you know, emotionally disconnected. All of those things, you know, in old school parenting was definitely about, you know, what the kids should be um, um, maybe seen but not heard. You know, there were so many other things that were condoned back in many, many years ago, um, but not abuse. Abuse is never condoned. And while some of it is the hardest thing about the emotionally immature parent is to the outside world, it looks as if you're okay. You have a great family, right? And everything is fine. But yet, so that being your physical, everything's taken care of. You have a house, you have food, you have this, everything you need. But yet, uh, internally, you're like, wait a minute, I'm getting messed up. So what are the four types of emotionally immature parents? And remember, um, you have to, th this is a lot of narcissism in here, a lot. And a lot of codependencies with narcissistic tendencies. So you have first the emotional parent. Um, they're run by their feelings. They swing between um, either they can be over-involved and then they will abruptly withdraw. Um, especially if you're not 
putting them on kind of a pedestal. They're prone to frightening instability and unpredictability. Um, this is the person, the parent, a lot of the time that can't hold down the job, um, that um, is unpredictable in their moods. The mood swings are crazy. Um, they're overwhelmed by anxiety, and they rely on others to stabilize them. So this is the parent that, um, you know, looks to the children to stabilize them or to the, their partner, their spouse, even their ex-partner or their ex-spouse. They look to others. This is the one that throws the tantrums and like a baby. It's called emotional contagion. This is the one that uses it where a baby cries and fusses until its needs are met or a little child. It's the same. Adult cries and fusses and, and you know, acts out. And then the child, it's reverse role reversal of parenting. So um, that's the emotional parent. Um, and they treat, you know, small upsets. Small upsets are like the end of the world. And you're either supposed to rescue them, or if you don't rescue them, you've abandoned them. If you don't allow them to come in and out of your life when they feel like it, you've abandoned them. If you get have say anything, um, an opinion, it's they take it as an attack on them, a judgment. They're immature beyond immature. These are the ones that will really wreak havoc on the child. They all do, but this one is pretty bad. The driven parents, so number one was emotional, number two driven, compulsively goal-oriented, super busy. They can't stop trying to perfect everything, including other people and most especially their children. Um, they, But guess what? They don't have a lot of empathy for their children because why? They're always controlling and interfering when it comes to running their children's lives. Always. And sometimes what you'll have is an emotional parent and a driven parent. So when you have the two and neither are very emotionally connected to you, oh boy. Oh boy. If you experience a lot of anxiety as an adult, if you have a lot of self-doubt, a lot of, um, um, you use a lot of coping mechanisms to, um, you know, to, to deal with life. You, this could have been a, a combination. I mean, any, all of these could be a combination. And by the way, your parent or parents can be more than one. So then you have the passive parents, which, you know what, they're more about, um, they avoid dealing with anything upsetting. Anything upsetting, they avoid dealing with it. They are, um, they're very less harmful than the other types, than their own, um, um, they don't have a lot of, they have negative effects, but not at the at the rate and the depth of the other ones. Um, they take a backseat to the dominant mate. So your dad's verbally abusive. This is just a stereotype, I understand. But, and it could be the mom that's abusive, whatever. Either one, the, the spouse, the partner, the other parent just looks the other way. They allow the abuse and they neglect it. But yet they also, guess what they do? They cope by minimizing and acquiescing to the, to the abuse. They minimize the problem. And they'll certainly not address it with the child. Then you have the rejecting parents. Okay, and this is the ones that make you wonder why you have a family in the first place. Okay, their, their behavior could be mild or severe. Um, they do not enjoy emotional intimacy and they clearly don't want to be bothered by their children. Their tolerance for other people's needs basically is no. And their, it, <clears throat> the interactions with them 
basically consists of, guess what? Issu issuing demands, blowing up, isolating themselves. A lot of them are runners. They run, they abandon the family. And they always have an excuse. Okay? Um, and some of the milder types of this rejecting parent maybe will engage in stereotypical family activities, but they show very little closeness or real engagement. They really want to be left alone to do their own thing. Okay. Now, some of these parents are, you know, or parent is a blend of them. Um, you know, most parents fall to tend to fall into um, one category much more than the other ones, but. Um, they may be prone, okay, to um, fit a different type of one of these types of parents when they're under stress. So what you're going to see, though, with, what's the unifying thread here? What's the one that kind of keeps that they all have in common? Well, none of the types are available to consistently act in ways that would make a child feel secure about the relationship. That's the bottom line. None of those four emotionally immature parents can possibly make the child feel secure all the time. It's not possible, right? So um, these are the four types. This is the beginning of you starting to understand. This is serious um, neglect, abandonment, I can't, I mean, you're probably, you're living it. You understand how you feel, what this has done to you and the confusion that you probably have. Okay. So if you have the emotional parent, so I'm just going to, I'm going to go a little bit into the emotional parent more because it's the most infantile of the four types. This is most like the narcissist. Um, it does not take much to upset them and everybody in the family if they haven't already abandoned the family, is soothing to basically, um, they're scrambling to soothe them, okay? And they will take everybody into the meltdown with them. They will shut people out. They won't show up for things. They won't show up for their kids. Um, the children of these people, my father was an emotional apparent parent, but he was also um, rejecting And, that, and it was a very shit combination, okay? So um, the children experience, guess what? Despair, rage, hatred in all of its intensity. Um, because the parent, right? They're, they're displaying their despair, their rage, their hate. It's all of it. They, and, and so you kind of feel like you're walking on eggshells. Their emotion, the, the only thing predictable th um, thing that's happening is that they're emotionally unstable, 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 and they're unpredictable. So, um, quite frankly, this is what I've been described, you know, through all of my reading and studies. And, you know, I don't make these things up. I'm just, I'm a person that reads voraciously, that has learned so much through client tests. Um, um, case studies, um, and a constant, I'm a learner, I'm curious, right? And these are the people that I've seen over and over called mentally ill. Some have been called bipolar. Um, they have 
narcissistic or borderline personality disorder. Um, most, you will probably have heard somebody refer to them as bipolar or narcissistic or, um, you know, B, BPD. Um, and they'll even, these are the parents that will threaten the suicide. They, you know, um, they will physically attack. Um, and people are very nervous around them. Why? Because their emotions escalate so quickly. It's really actually kind of frightening <clears throat> to see how quickly someone can come unglued. And the suicide threats are terrifying to the children. It's a crushing burden on a child and then an adult child to feel like you have to keep your parent alive but no, don't know what to do except for walk on eggshells around them. Okay. Um, the, the highs and the lows, the highs, they're, when they're high moods, they're high. When they're low, they're low. That's why they're, you know, the bipolar comes in. That's why that would, uh, you would hear that. That's why you would also hear the BPD highs, the lows. Um, basically this parent has difficulty tolerating stress and emotional arousal. They lose their emotional balance, um, quickly. They probably, um, a lot of them are partiers, alcoholics, addictions, or bingers of some sort. They disappear on you. Um, they're governed by their emotion. They see everything in black and white. You either love them or you hate them. They hold grudges, big time grudge holders. Um, and they are, guess what, controlling others with emotional tactics. Um, their fluctuating moods, guess what, make them unreliable and intimidating. Um, and while they maybe act hopeless, oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. I have nobody left because I have literally attacked everyone and I have just um, used everyone I can and I've just emotionally damaged every person that I've ever touched in some way. I've threatened them that I'm going to destroy them if they don't do what I want and if you cross me and then I'm going to give you the silent treatment. Do you see the narcissist in here? But guess what? They're always the victim. Right? They, all, um, they, they cannot follow a structured role. Many will not be able to hold down a job. And the ones that do, it's it, it, the, their co-workers would not like them much if, if anything goes wrong at, at, the, at, the, at their job. Right? So um, when you grow up anticipating your parents' storms, you are overly attentive to other people's feelings and moods. To your often to your own detriment and hello codependency welcome codependency and codependency comes in many forms and you might say well, i'm not codependent hmm hmm i'm gonna um put a link to a download in here download it's i call it my codependent bible i want you to download it and look and see if you're codependent because you're gonna know in this in this um oh in this pdf that i created so i'll go a little bit more into the um other types of parents um more in more depth and then i'm going to tell you that the, how you come out of childhood and why 
um, wife's part, uh, siblings can act in totally different ways and how we all interpret things and um, how each of us raised in the same household reacts differently and what it what does that mean all of those things and then of course um, another upcoming episode which will be the next one is going to be uh, part two of my inner child which I'll take you from probably five to twelve so I love you I love you have a great day download the codependent bible because you want to check it you want to check it out. Um, okay, until next time, thank you for tuning in to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast.